The Black Doctors Podcast highlights the stories of minority professionals with the goal of inspiring others. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others because the next generation can't be what they don't see. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories told by us. Hello, welcome back to the Black Doctors Podcast. This week, I'm speaking with Dr. Joseph Thompson. He is a dentist serving in the United States Navy. He's also in the middle of an oral maxillofacial surgical residency program. Um, so, so excited to, to dig deep into that and hear his life story. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure to, to talk with you, man. I've been following your, your podcast. You have some really good um, speakers, so it's a pleasure to actually be here talking with you. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have been uh, following each other on social media, and, and I've enjoyed seeing your progression through residency, and i um, super excited to, to figure out, you know, what exactly you do and, and how you got to, to this point in life. Sure, I'd be happy to talk about it. Yeah, so Dr. Thompson, when did you decide to become a dentist? Oh, man, that's a long story. So I decided to become a dentist uh, after, I honestly, I was trying to help one of my friends uh, siblings, they were actually interested in dentistry. And I knew a fr- I had a friend that was in as a dentist and uh, they asked me if I could set up like a shadowing for uh, their sister. So I did that. I went and I, while I was watching the dentist explain dentistry to her, I was like, oh, this is actually something that I that is interesting. And, you know, you do a lot of good. You help people. And I started thinking about it then. And then I had opportunity to go on a humanitarian um, mission trip and saw them, the dentist there treating the people. And it was just amazing. So that really kind of like piqued my interest and got me into the field of dentistry. Yeah, you were in uh, college at this time? Yes, yes, I was. Cool. So then after college, you applied, got accepted, and you were at Howard University College of Dentistry. What year did you graduate? I finished at Howard in 2014. I finished in 2014, so we yeah we were there at the same oh, time. Oh shoot! What? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I was right there. Yeah, I knew we overlapped. We probably uh, butted heads in the in the in the lounge a couple of times. Yeah, because we probably were hogging your spots, man. <laughs> Thank you for for sharing your lounge and your your facilities with us. <laughs> yeah, well, That's we crazy. had to, small world. Yeah, man. I, you should. You probably at the the smoker and the the date auction. Yeah, of course, oh. dude. I, yeah, it was there. Oh wow, this is a small world. I did not know that. Oh man, good times. But while you're <laughs> So many stories. <laughs> so many. <laughs> but uh, so during your time at Howard, you signed up for the Navy Health Profession Scholarship Program. And why did you do that? So when I was so when I was going to school, I finished college and I was trying to figure out my next move. And I had you know, already had some, some loans for school, um, but it wasn't even a lot. But I was look, when I started looking in the dentistry and looking at the student loans for dentists, I was like, man, that's a lot of money to just come up out of your pocket on. And um, I was looking at options. And initially, I wasn't even considering the military. Both my parents were in the military, um, Air Force. My mom and dad were both Air Force. And my mom was like, don't join the military. My dad was like, oh, you should do it. It's great. It's a good <laughs> idea. So, you know, you already had this conflict. And um, when I was getting ready to do, when I was taking the DAT, there's a section that comes up, hey, would you be interested in serving in the armed services? And I just clicked yes, because I was just trying to get to the test and knock it out. And um, I just clicked yes, yes. I wasn't really even thinking about it in a serious level. It was just kind of in the back of my mind. I was, hey, I needed ways to figure out how to pay for dental school. But, you know, the Navy, the military is one. Let me just say, hey, I'll listen to their pitch and, you know, I'll I'll consider it. Otherwise, I was just taking the loans out. 
anyway, I um, took the DAT and like within a week, I got something in the mail from the Navy. And I was like, I hadn't even got my scores back from my dad. So I'm like, and they were already contacting me. I was like, did you guys get my scores before I did? And so they contacted me and I called the detailer whose car was there and we talked. And uh, it was just like, you know, we kind of hit it off. And I was on the fence, actually, about taking the scholarship. I was like, man, because he was telling me about the commitment. I was like, eh. I don't know if I want to do that, but um, I wind up sign, uh, agreeing to sign up to take the scholarship and everything panned out. And then I started at Howard. It was great. That's dope. So uh, talking about Howard, how was your time at dental school? What were some of the challenges that you faced? Uh, Howard, man. Howard, it was a great experience. <laughs> but that word just had, is, can be used in so many different variations, a verb, a, a noun, an adjective. <laughs> Uh, you know, school HBCU experience in itself was just amazing. Um, both my sisters went to HBCUs and I wanted to get the experience. They didn't go to Howard, but I wanted to get the experience of going um, because all throughout my academic career, I had never really had professors that looked like me because my mm-hmm. classes in the sciences, I mean, they were all pretty much run by by people that didn't look like me, but that actually, you know, they care. They helped me uh, reach my objectives and doing well in my programs. But it was just like, it was, I thought, man, this would be a great opportunity to go somewhere where you have people that are in your corner and, you know, they look like you and you'd be able to have that experience. Um, so there were challenges at Howard because um, just there were, first of all, there was just a challenge of dental school in this, uh, of itself. Anywhere you go, there's the, just like, it's a, it's a grind, you know, a lot of, ta- a lot of material you have to learn and master. Um, but there was also the um, other act resource uh, that we didn't necessarily have. We didn't have everything that we needed. I felt, um, but our faculty, they were hardworking. We worked hard and, you know, I was able to complete my time there, complete the curriculum uh, successfully. So there was always uh, those challenges, but it was a great experience otherwise. And I, if I had to do it over again, I mean, I got accepted to other schools, but I wouldn't go to any other school but Howard. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's honestly one of the best decisions I made was to go to Howard for medical school. Yeah, because it's the connections that you make, like lifelong, the brotherhood, the sisters that I'm friends with, the, the family that I, I guess I form from that experience. I mean, it's priceless. It's priceless. So can you break down kind of what you cover in dental school? If you could summarize that, we've got some uh, pre-med students, some high school students even. So in dental school, I mean, so one of the prereqs for dental school, you know, obviously they want you to take the biology, gen chem, organic chem. Some schools want biochemistry. They want you to have physics, at least one year of calculus, and then like a language, um, and then English comp. Those are usually the basic um, prereqs in any um, dental school. Um, So when you get into dental school, one of the key, probably one of the most difficult classes that doesn't seem as difficult on on the surface is anatomy. That's like one of our beast classes because it's uh, worth a lot of credit hours. But when you're studying it, the lab and the actual class, it's like really in depth. So you have to master the human body, you know, the nerves, the functions, the physiology. So that's one of the big courses. Um, but you also take courses in uh, just you do dental work, like you start learning how to master and memorize the anatomy of the teeth, the functions of the teeth, like just things that we take for granted when we eat and chew and talk every day, like the dental school, you master all these fundamentals and you understand the the dental anatomy in a way that is not covered in any other specialty. Even in uh, in medicine, they don't really cover it as in-depth as we do. Even though it's a small area, there's a lot of intricacies to it. So we learned that um, we also cover like physiology, biochemistry. So fundamental sciences 
that are you're going to need as you progress into understanding like the disease pathologies behind why people lose their teeth, why people have um, oral and dental pathologies, um, deformities, and things like that. So it's a very rigorous science-based course load, but it's you're learning and it's it's very interesting. So it's not boring. Um, and the good thing about dental that I liked. Um, is you're doing a lot of hands-on. You start to um, practice cutting teeth, like doing wax ups, forming teeth, so that you like you can see teeth in your in your sleep. Like you, <laughs> I was dreaming about teeth. Like you see them so much. Like and you and so and you don't understand it, but you look at it so much that when I you see somebody and you're just talking to them, you can automatically start to analyze and see like things that hey, I can help their smile or improve their aesthetics because you see what the ideal is like so much that when you see somebody that's not necessarily ideal, you can see how you can help them. Yeah, that's good. That's a, a excellent breakdown. And I know I'm an anesthesiologist. I don't like secretions <laughs> and, and bad breath. So how, how did you at least oh, get past the, the, the breath part? Man, you know what? It's a funny story. Like the first time I was actually seeing a patient, it was, uh, it was, we, were, I was, we start off, you know, they don't start you off doing fillings. They start you off doing something simple like cleanings, right? Mm-hmm. So I was assigned this patient and it was this beautiful girl. Like, I don't even know where she was from. She was somewhere from DC. And I'm like, oh, shoot, okay, you need a cleaning? Great. Come on in, you know, got her in. We're talking, whatever. And um, so, you know, I said, okay, let me get started. Dude, she opens her mouth and mm-hmm. she had halitosis. And it just like hit me because <laughs> like in my mind, she was beautiful. You know, you're talking to her and she opened her mouth. It like blew me away. And I was like, yo, obviously I had my mask on. I kept it professional. I was like, okay, this, you know, so I, you know, I proceed with her cleaning and, and do it. But, you know, you, you have that first you know, experience where you just hit with a bad breath and you just kind of like realize this is what I'm here for. And you look at it as a, you're here professionally because, hey, and, you know, I explained to her afterwards, like, hey, these are some better oral hygiene tips. Like, and it's like things that people don't necessarily know because they're not taught. So I, I say it like the breath, you know, hit me and all that in a comical way because I think now in hindsight it was a funny experience. But, you know, there are people who don't necessarily get this education and training that we consider sometimes that everybody should know. And so I might think after we did the, I did the cleaning with her, I, I taught her about like how to maintain your oral hygiene because she said nobody ever told her mm-hmm. and nobody ever said anything to her about it. And so that's a big thing that I really appreciate about Howard, that we did put a lot of emphasis on educating under uh, underrepresented uh, communities and um, teaching them about like the importance of oral hygiene. So, yeah, my first time in- encountering secretions in the oral environment was definitely eye opening. But it's something that I remember to this day, you know, and I felt like I was able to help her and I grew as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you changed the trajectory of her life. Exactly, exactly. After you finished dental school at Howard, you came on active duty with the United States Navy. Thank you for your service. No, happy to serve. Happy to serve. <laughs> is that what we're supposed to say? I'll never know what people would say. That is, yeah. That's the that's the normal like etiquette, you know. Thank you for your service. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I'll be saying, my pleasure. Like it's Chick Fil A. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I agree. <laughs> um, so, what was your first uh, assignment in the Navy? Okay, so after I finished dental school, like kind of like when you're leading up to dental school, once the, the Navy's tracking you all throughout, like your progress. And so once you get close to graduation, they'll send you a packet like, hey, you know, you're close to graduation, congratulations. What would you like to do next? So they give you options. They're like, hey, you, you're the two options that you, there's three options. 
you can go directly from dental school and you go to a duty station where they do what's called credentialing. And they that means you go to a duty station and all you do is like really get good with your hands, like your speed. You're like seeing basic patients, a lot of fillings and, uh, and ex- a lot of just fillings, basic fillings. Right. And maybe do a few crowns some in some endo, those kind of things. And, but you're just doing this is just like you're being trained, right? There's not a there's not a course or any kind of program. You're just doing like it's usually at a recruit station where they get in a lot of recruits. So you have a high volume of people and you come in and treat them. The other options are you can do a, a AGD where you get training. It's like advanced train advanced education and advanced education in general dentistry. Mm-hmm. So you can do, do that, or you can do a GPR, which is a, a GPR you doing a residency. It's kind of like at a hospital based uh, practice. Um, of dentistry. So I chose to do an AGD because I would give me the opportunity to see a lot of patients, uh, but it, you cover all the specialties and you're not just like the GPR, you're pretty much uh, limited to the hospital and you don't get a lot of uh, variety with patient care because you're usually working at a place where they have a lot of specialists. Um, mm-hmm. So they get the first pick of the, the cases and you just get whatever they don't want to do. So I did my AGD. I chose to do an AGD and then they give you a listing of the places and you rank them. So my where I was selected to go was to uh, Great Lakes, which is the, the Navy, the Navy's uh, recruitment center where all the people, all the enlisted people that join the Navy, they go through uh, Naval Station Great Lakes to enter into the, the Navy. That for one year. Okay. So you finished dental school in the summer, and then oh, when yeah. did you show up to Great Lakes? Oh, sorry. So <laughs> you go before that. So yeah, right after you. Okay, so you finish the for that year. I graduated dental school, and then you have to before you can go and start practicing as a at even doing the rest of the AG residency. You have to go to officer training school, and so I did. I think it was six weeks at this uh, at the base in Rhode uh, Island, yeah, yeah. and it was pretty much like a va- vacation yeah. because you're up there. This is where all the Kennedys have their compounds, and everybody has a boat. <laughs> it seems like. And except me, you know, you're just right. like, yo, these people are like living large, but it was really good. You learned yeah, King Hall. Yeah. Right. King, yeah. You know, the place King Hall. Yes. Yeah. So you get indoctrinated into the ways of the Navy. They tell you, you get your uniform, you start doing PT, they get you into shape because obviously, you know, at Dell school, you kind of don't have time to work out as much as you want because just especially the last year, you're trying to get all your requirements, but they whip you into shape um, and just like teach you the ways of the Navy and what you need to know, like the protocols, the, the customs, the habits, and kind of turn you into people who are going to be leading uh, sailors um, under your command. And then after I finished that six weeks, then I went to um, Great Lakes to start my residency, my AGD. Gotcha. So you saw a bunch of patients. You got a pretty uh, good variety of practice for that oh, yeah, year. Yeah. And then, and mm-hmm. then, where'd you go with the Navy? So after that year, I was like, "Oh, gen- dentistry was pretty cool," and um, I wanted to, you know, continue to do general dentistry. But there were uh, just in the exposure of the AGD, I started thinking about like some of the other specialties that were available. Endo was actually really interesting initially when I got there, but after doing the cases, I was like, "Ah, this isn't keep- this doesn't keep my interest enough." And, and what is but endo? Endodontics, that's the field of, of doing what they do. They treat decay teeth where the decay has reached the pulp tissue and you can't just do the filling. Once the, the pulp is infected, you have to remove that pulp and then you replace it with the inert material that allows the tooth structure to uh, remain in place, but the tooth itself is devitalized. And that's what uh, root canals are. Endodontists do root canals. They're specialists in root canals. 
Gotcha. Um, but so initially I had an interest in that and then I was like, ah, that's not it. And I did some, I did, I spent a couple months on oral surgery and it was like, wow, this is actually pretty interesting, but I didn't really get a chance to get enough exposure to kind of like see the whole spectrum of it. So I was kind of like, um, I, I just go and do general dentistry. So once you finish your AGD year, they, the Navy comes to you like, Hey, we have what duty station would you like to go to next they gave you a, a list of a bunch of options and i didn't want to go on a ship by myself Mm-mm. um because i felt that would have been like not so fun yeah, um no. but i did ask to go on a carrier so they give you like five lists your top five so i asked for two carriers i asked for lejeune i don't know why i asked for lejeune mm-hmm. and then i asked for <laughs> san diego so everybody wants to go to san diego and then i put okinawa as my number five because i was like ah, eh, that sounds interesting i don't want to go on a ship that's the only other thing i can do to fill out my list but i asked for four other things and i'm sure i'm going to get and but i'll put okinawa in there just because so my detailer comes back and is like hey guess where you're going and i'm like a ship like no you're going to okinawa and i was like so mad i was like are you serious right now like that was number five like how did i get five and then the thing that made me mad because people in my program asked rank stuff that they got lower than where i ranked it oh, man. and that's like that doesn't even make sense like how are you giving them that they didn't even rank it that high and they got it but i ranked these things in my number one two and three and i mean i asked for two carriers they always need people to go on carriers right and no so here's the funny thing about that. But like two weeks later, that detailer called me on the phone and was like, hey, you know, uh, I know we asked you, you, you put on your list, you wanted to go on a carrier at some point, um, but we sent you to Okinawa. So the guy that's actually supposed to go on the carrier, he doesn't want to go on the carrier anymore. He actually wants to go to Okinawa. Would you be interested in switching? So in my mind, I'm like, Oh, wait, I asked you at the beginning to Mm. give me that. You did it. So now you want me to help you out to help somebody else out when you wouldn't help me out at the beginning? (laughs) And I was like, no, you know, I already told my family that's where I'm going. And I've made up, I've I've accepted the reality in my mind. And, you know, I think I just want to stick with my, my, where you've sent me before, where my orders say. And I was like, and then I got off the phone with her. And then after I got off the phone, like, Joe, why did you do that? It was like one of those (laughs) out-of-body experiences. Like, why would you do that? Like, they were going to give you what you want. But you know how you do stuff just because people do you wrong. And it's like, no, I'm not going to help you help somebody else out. You didn't think that way when I actually, yeah, it's the principle. So anyway, that kind of went down. But it wound up being like the best decision I ever made in my life to go stick with my Okinawa orders and go there. Because, I mean, I made friends for a lifetime. Um, I got to work with some of the best oral surgeons in the Navy and they were my mentors. They helped put me on the path to, um, getting into oral surgery. And I mean, if I were to do it all over again, I would pick Okinawa, uh, nine times, 10 times out of 10, because it was just a great experience. That's awesome. So you got the additional exposure in oral surgery, um, Mm -hmm. and then you applied and got into the Navy's oral surgery residency program at Walter Reed, which is located in D.C. So can you first start by explaining what oral maxillofacial surgery is? Okay. Yes, of course. Uh, um, Yeah. So just for note, I did not get in on my first try. I actually had to apply a couple of times because my orders didn't line up with the time that I wanted to go. And like, oh, we can't break orders, even though uh, previously orders have been broken. Mm-hmm. But a new policy mm-hmm. in the Navy was like, hey, we're not breaking people's orders. Like, okay, cool. So it was definitely a, there was a level of perseverance because after I didn't get in on my initial trials, like, forget it. I'll just do my time and get out. But then my mentors like, no, don't quit. You're not, you're not a quitter, Joe. You're going to do this. At least give another shot. And so I did. And then I was able to get in. Um, so, yeah, I just appreciate it. It's always important. Just a, a plug. Have good mentors that believe in you because sometimes you won't believe in yourself. 
but they know you and they're going to push you. And uh, that's, that's critical. Um, so always keep that in the mind. So anyway, so oral surgery, oral maxillofacial surgery is a specialty that deals with all things um, that involve the head and neck region. Our, our main focus is on treating uh, conditions that involve movement, skeletal movements. Um, we treat patients that have um, sleep problems, like what's typically uh, identified as sleep apnea, OSA, obstructive sleep apnea is the official term. Um, we also treat people that have uh, odontogenic pathology. So they can have cancers of the head and neck, like people that have a history of smoking, tobacco use, things like that. Uh, they develop uh, cancers of the tongue, uh, the bone. So those are some of the major things. What people typically know oral surgeons as, they're the people that do root canal or do not do root canal, do extractions of third molars. And that's what I only knew about them initially until I was able to get a broader a level of exposure. That's why it's so important to shadow people, shadow people that, you, that do what you think you want to do, because they're going to help you to see all the different levels of, of that profession, that specialty. We also do implants. We place implants. Um, and the, the thing about oral surgery that makes us kind of different from some of the other uh, specialties that do implants is like we can do implants on people that don't necessarily have bone there initially. So what we can do, we can go and augment a person's mandible that may have had, so when you lose teeth, you lose bone. Um, and so you'll have what's called an atrophic and mandible. So your bone start, your, your mandible uh, shrinks in size, width, and density. And so what we can do, we can go in and do surgery or we can do grafts. Uh, we could place bone grafts, which can be autogenous, which means from yourself, or it could be autologous, which, which means we can do the bone grafts from like animals. They can use like bovine uh, bone graft materials, or we take, like we do autologists, we take it from you, we can take a, a graft materials from your hips or from other areas in your body that have excess bone. And we can build up your mandible with grafts and help you to have a place where then we can put implants so you can have teeth. And then we can put like, uh, we'll work with a prosthodontist at some time or, or a general dentist to make uh, prosthetic uh, dentures that go on top of the implants and restore a person's like ability to chew solid foods. Um, and also the good thing about what we do when we restore teeth, that also uh, changes your feet, your face. It revitalizes your face because when people lose teeth, their mouth, their face, tissue they have what's called redundant tissue and it collapses and it makes you look older than you really are and so mm -hmm. we help to restore patients um smiles um and then like with the the bone movements patients people that have dental facial deformities like they may have like a real long mandible or long bottom jaw or short mandible but we can do surgeries where we'll uh detach your bones and we reposition them so that they're more uh, aesthetically pleasing, but they also optimize and put you in correct function so that your bite is normal. So um, like we do that, we have, we also work with kids that may be born with craniofacial deformities. So we do a wide variety of those type of uh, surgical procedures, which deal with the manipulation of the bone, but we also do uh, soft tissue movements. So we do nose reconstruction jobs. It's called, um, we also do autoplasty, like some person that may not be happy with the position of their ears. We do that. The cosmetics also involves us doing facelifts. Like, so when people like start getting a lot of like uh, wrinkles on their face, we do, we can do Botox. We can um, stretch their, uh, reposition the, the skin on their face, remove redundant tissue and tighten things up. Like, especially when they get like uh, sagging eyelids, a lot of their brows get real wrinkly. So we do a lot of a wide 
spectrum. I'm not even touching everything that we do, but that's like the main uh, areas that we work in um, in oral surgery. Yeah. And how long is the residency training program? So the residency program, they have two tracks. You have the four-year tracks where you get uh, obtain a certificate at the end of your four years. And then there's the six-year track where you, you obtain an MD degree along with at the completion of your program. So then you're like a medical doctor and a dentist. You already have your DDS and you have your MD. Um, but the thing is, like the programs, you basically are learning the same material, except the the MD, the people that do the six-year program, they do the last two years of medical school and they take steps one, two, and three. Oh. Um, for us, uh, part of our program, for for if you do just a four-year program, we have to do a test that's similar to step one as part of our admissions process. So anytime you come into oral surgery, the admissions test is a test that's called the CBSC, but it's basically a step step one. And so you have to do good on that. Um, so yeah, so we do that. So yeah, so pretty much, and then after you finish your, your oral surgery program, whether you do the four or six year program, we all take the same board. So we learn that we have to, the board covers the same material, whether you go six years or four years. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a very exhaustive yeah. list. And, and honestly, yeah. I didn't I didn't train with, we didn't have oral maxillofacial surgeons where I went to residency. So I didn't learn about the <laughs> field really until I, I came on active duty. Yeah, we do a lot. It's a lot that we cover. I mean, and but it's very rewarding when you're like changing people's lives. Like, I mean, you can't even imagine like people that um, especially they have the dental facial deformities. They can't chew because like a pe- person's born with an open bite and their teeth aren't connected. And we have people that come into our office, you know, sometimes they come in for these surgeons and they're like, I just want to be able to chew a sandwich and be able to bite it and be able to eat out in public, you mm-hmm. know, or not have to cut my, my food into little pieces to chew. And so just little things like that and people that have like cancers and things like that, being able to do the resections. Um, it's just amazing just touching lives the way that we were, were able to. Yeah. And of course, the highlight of your, your residency training is the six months that you spend doing anesthesia, right? Yes, that, that was. That was the best part <laughs> of my, my training so far. <laughs> Anesthesia was great. I mean, it's definitely like I definitely got a, a, obtained a whole new level of respect for the complexities of anesthesia. Even in medicine, we did a rotation on uh, internal medicine. And I just like I was just astounded. Like some of my colleagues that I worked with, they were just so sharp. Just all the material they had to know about such a broad spectrum of diseases and conditions, you know, just so we can stay and optimize people. It's, it's amazing what, what doctors do. And so it, it definitely gives me a lot of, and I had a lot of respect for doctors anyway, but just like once you see it up close and when you're working with them, interacting with them, it's like, wow, you know, we definitely have have a lot of respect for the, that field as well. Yeah, well, physicians, dentists are, are doctors, so. Yes, yes. No, I'll just to uh, identify I'll, I'll the difference any, in the specialty. Uh, hate comments in my uh Yeah, yeah, inbox. exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> and, and you recently came off vascular surgery because you were raving about that on social media. Talk about that because you, you seem to really enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so I got I w- I had the opportunity to spend a month on vascular surgery and it was just amazing just like what they do. I mean, cuz they're pretty much like, you know, everybody thinks that they're the people that that, that come in emergency and fix things because that's kind of like for oral surgeons we're like the people in an emergency hospital setting like we will go the ER docs will call us to help with their cases you know patients that have had um, car motor vehicle accidents or gunshot wounds to the face you know we'll be that person that they call so but the vascular surgeons those guys are like amazing like every 
service in the hospital for the most part calls them for consults like the nephrologist and you have the uh, podiatrist cardiologist like all these services were calling them because anytime you even ortho uh patients that may have uh ortho issue like in you have a or even um doctors sir like some of the specialties would be going in for surgery and if they had an incident where they nicked the artery or something like that or something that happens then we were always on standby for we were on standby for those cases or cases that they thought may be difficult because they had like a rapid response team like hey something happened and one of the surgeries one day when we were getting ready to get off and they came by and called our fellow like hey we had an emergency we need you and they're like spot they just go in there on the spot and just help and fix and help resolve the situation fix whatever has been uh, injured or damaged, and they really are very good at what they do. So and it was just amazing just to watch and help out. Like it was just uh, amazing uh, experience. Yeah. So, so Dr. Thompson, you know, you've had quite the incredible career since you finished dental school. Mm-hmm. Looking back, um, was would you go down the same course? Would you still have joined the Navy in retrospect? <sighs> What I said, yes, I would definitely say join the Navy. And the reason why I would say that is because, like, the friends that I have made in the Navy, first of all, I love the opportunity. I always wanted to serve my country. Uh, there was a time when I wanted to serve in a combatant role. Uh, like, I, was, I always dreamed about thinking about being a SEAL. But then I was like, eh, you know, it's better to, like, save life than to maybe take it. And so that kind of transition happened in my life. And uh, I always still wanted to serve. And when this opportunity to serve at, at my country came up, I mean, I, I was elated um, that it worked out. And so, yes, if to, to say I'd do it all again, I would, because you serve the country that you're a part of, but also the friends that I've made in the Navy, um, they're not even friends anymore. They're like my family. Like, I can go anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, actually, right now, and I know people that, like, you know, I can go and they'll take me in, like, their brother or their cousin, you know, like family. And uh, it's just, and, and the good thing about it, too, because the Navy is so, the military in general is so diverse. You work for people from all different, like, cultural, racial, ethnic backgrounds. And so you learn that, hey, this is how America is. Like, it's that diverse area. You learn how to work with people that may not necessarily have the same uh, beliefs that you have, but we have a common goal and we're all working to serve our country. Was it easy? Was everything always fair? No, of course not. I mean, that's kind of like yeah, any job that you have, and especially in the military. But, you know, you kind of like learn to enjoy the suck, you know? <laughs> hey, this sucks. Right, I don't right. like this. But, you know, you look at what you're doing and, and when you're working, when you're doing it with other people, hey, they get, you know, you, you build that bond, that camaraderie. And, you know, you move forward and you get through it. And you're like, yo, that wasn't so bad. We survived. You know, you move forward. And it makes you stronger. I just think uh, as far as learning how to the principles of the military, you know, really, really teach you and help you to become a better person for me. And so if I were to do everything over again, even if I had the money I, to pay for dental school, I think I would have taken the opportunity to join the military because it just it's changed my life. Yeah, that's good. And I think in addition to serving your country, you have committed to serving those that are less fortunate, and you do so by participating. You're on the board of a charitable organization called Dental Helping Hands. Can you tell us about that? 
Yes, yes, of course. Um, yeah, I am. And that's just a, a privilege and opportunity. A couple of my classmates that I went to Howard with, we um, they started the board, this, this organization that does, that gives back. Uh, we, they, we have a history of doing uh, mission trips, humanitarian trips to underserved um, population groups. Um, they've gone to several islands in the Caribbean. Uh, I had opportunity to go to a couple of countries in uh, Africa, which I cannot name at this time, but we were able to go and, and do some really amazing work for people who, who are our people, you know, the people that, you know, where we came from and to be able to go back and, and to, to touch lives and to be a positive impact on people that, you know, just need, and they're appreciative. They were just so thankful for what we did. Um, and yeah, that was just so, and we do that as a, as a organization. We take uh, donations to give back to these uh, different uh, parts of the country, uh, not the country, the world, where you have people that don't have necessarily the access to healthcare that we have here in America. And it's always good to give back just because it helps you to stay in touch with, with others. And it just builds that um, compassion in your heart giving back to others yeah that's good thank you so much for sharing thank you uh, Dr. Thompson for coming on the show thank you for your service I've definitely learned a lot about the field of maxillofacial surgery well thank you for having me uh, I'll be happy to come back anytime if you have any other questions or for anybody that contacts you that may have contact or questions please uh, feel free to refer them to me and I'd be happy to uh, help out yeah how can people uh, get a hold of you or, or find out more about you or the organization Dental Helping Hands so we have a website. Um, I can. I'll make sure I give that information to you so that you can like post that. And I'm also on on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the social media platforms. Even though I don't have time to be on them like I used to, because oral surgery keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> but I, I typically can respond to. I respond to messages, or you can uh, also my. Um, my Gmail or email, you can. I can always be reached at email as well. So I can. I'll provide you with all my contact information so that you can make that available. Cool, cool. All right, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Have a good day. The Black Doctors Podcast is a nonprofit volunteer passion project with the goal of inspiring all who listen. Tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast with Dr. Stephen Bradley, 